This is the Let's Talk About It podcast. Welcome to the Let's Talk About It podcast. All of us get discouraged in life, but what if you're discouraged because you constantly compare yourself to others? In today's talk, we address how to stay focused in our season of life. Let's dive in. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast. I want to dive right in by telling you guys a story. So when I was in high school, about a few years ago, I was on the track and field team. And I participated in an event called the 4x4. You know, the one where there's four people in a race and one person or each person runs an entire lap all around the field. So I was anchor. So needless to say, I get the baton and I take off running, okay? I, I'm just gone. I'm doing a full-out sprint. So I'm coming around the last turn, and I find myself just getting gassed, you know? Um, I don't really conserve myself. I just took off. It was my first one. I was super nervous about it. And so I'm in first place. And so I'm running. I'm hitting that straightaway. I'm hitting that stretch, and I'm approaching the finish line. And as I'm approaching the finish line, I'm noticing everyone's cheering. But then I kind of notice a different part of the crowd is, is cheering. And it, it just felt like the cheer wasn't for me. And so as I'm coming around, needless to say, I looked over my shoulder. And for those of you guys who do track and field, you already know where I'm going with this. Because <laughs> you guys know it's a big no-go. Anyways, I turn my head over my shoulder and I see the guy that's approaching up on me. And I'm probably about, at this point, I'm maybe 10 feet away from the finish line. Needless to say, I look back to the front. I'm feet away from the finish line and I completely beef it. All right. I mean, I face plant. Um, I pretty much like my body, like dragged across, you know, the, the track <laughs> as I'm trying to slide to the finish line. And needless to say, I did not win. And the great theologian of Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you'll last, right? So that's what happened. Now I share that story with you guys because you guys are probably thinking like, what in the world does this story have to go with what he's going to talk about today? Well, it reminds me actually of a story in the book of John, chapter 21. And so this is where Jesus is about to have a conversation with Peter. But I want to give the setup here. At this point, Jesus has already been crucified. Okay? He's been crucified. And remind you, before Jesus' crucifixion, Peter would deny Jesus three times. All right? Three times Peter would deny Jesus. So at this point, Jesus has been crucified. He's resurrected. So now this is resurrected Jesus having a conversation with Peter, all right? Which brings us to John chapter 21. We're going to start in verse 15. So after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know that I love you. So that's the first time Jesus asked him. Then feed my lamb, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the questions, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus repeated the question again a third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question that third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, well, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you like. You dress yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. And just to give you guys insight to that, what Jesus is telling Peter is he's telling him that he would basically die on a cross. So when he says you will 
stretch your arms out. That's what he's telling him. Verse 19, it says, Jesus said this to him to let Peter know what kind of a death he would glorify God. And Jesus told him, follow me. So there are three things, guys, that I get from this scripture. Again, if you have time, go back and read it for yourself. It's John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. But there are three things that I get from the, from the things in the heart of Christ. The first thing is this. Number one is that Jesus loves. And he loves well. He loves unconditionally. Our God has a limitless love that goes beyond and knows no bounds. And I think of this because I want you guys to think of your own darkest moments in life. Like many of you have lost a loved one. Many of you guys may may have had a health challenge or a career change. But I want you guys to think about the importance of the love of Christ. Whatever dark moment you once upon a time have had in your life, you probably had someone that was supposed to be there by your side. But imagine that they weren't. They completely let you down. Think of your current best friend or brother or sister or parent, someone who was supposed to have your back, and they didn't. They were a complete no-show. Or they completely rejected you. And maybe you have experienced this. So why I find such relevance in this is because Jesus could have easily just shut down and excommunicated Peter, but he didn't. Jesus looks at Peter and goes, Peter, you're still a part of the group. You're still a part of the squad. And it just reminds me of the unconditional, limitless love that Christ has. And if we are supposed to be his image bearers, we're supposed to have that same thing towards other people. So number one, I'm reminded that Jesus loves and he loves well, which brings me to point number two. Now remember, how many times... Did Peter deny Christ? Three times, right? And how many times does Jesus ask Peter the question, do you love me? Three times. <laughs> so point number two is Jesus heals. Or one could say Jesus restores. He's a restorer. It's, it's one thing to, de- to, to demonstrate and display love to someone. Right. But we can say, I love you. I'll love you over there. You stay there. I'll stay here. As long as we maintain that distance, we're good. But it's another thing entirely to heal someone or restore someone, especially when it's in your power. Jesus is a restorer. In other words, he's a redeemer. I I remember hearing one time learning that redeem is who is to restore to one's original state. So it's one thing that Jesus loves us, but it's another thing entirely that Jesus heals us. And what would it look like for us to do the same thing amongst other people, right? So I want you guys to keep this in the back of your mind. So number one is that Jesus loves. Number two is that Jesus heals. And the third point of the sex that I, that I get from it is that Jesus leads. Remember what he says in verse 19, he tells Peter, you follow me. It's not just the fact that Jesus wants to love you. And it's more than that. Jesus wants to restore you. He wants to lead you. He wants to be the primary navigator of your life. There's a difference between seeing Jesus as your savior, and then seeing him as Lord. But that's the type of God that we serve. So we got through these three points that Jesus loves us, he heals us, and he desires to lead us. I already know you guys are thinking, what in the world does this have to do with the story that you shared at the beginning of this message? Well, I want you, let's continue this verse first. I want you guys to check this out. This is now we're still in the same chapter, John chapter 21, but we're going to go to verse 20. Check this out. Peter turned and saw behind them the disciple that Jesus loved. And he's talking about John, all right? And Peter asked Jesus, he goes, well, what about him, Lord? And Jesus replies, if I want him to remain alive until I return, 
what is it that, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. And then Jesus repeats himself. He says, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? Now, as we read and hear this story, and many of you guys have heard this story, it's a very famous passage. It's so easy to say, Peter, you big dummy. Like he just demonstrated how much he loves you. He's restored you and he's desiring to lead you. And it's still not enough. Like, I know that's how I read it. I'm like, really, Peter, what more do you want, man? But here's the deal, guys. If we're being honest, we're a lot like Peter. We are just like Peter. We too have received so much life transformation. Like God has brought and done crazy miracles in your life. I guarantee you, if we all gathered together in a room, we would be there for an entire week just listening to the power and the life change that you have experienced because of the love of Christ, the healing of Christ, or the leadership of Christ, right? Yet, just like Peter, we too go, well, what about him, Lord? What about her, Lord? And like Peter, I just can't help but think that Jesus is looking right back at us, and he too is saying, what is it to you what I do with them? So we, we look at the Johns or the Johnettes in our life, right? Gender neutral, I got y'all ladies. <laughs> but we look, at all the, we look at all the other people in our life and we go, what about them, Lord? Like, why did they get that promotion and not me? Why do they have the brand new car and not me? Why did they get the new house and not me? Why did that family get pregnant? Not me. Why am I struggling with my finances and not them? Why do they get more resources? And And I just can't help but think and picture Jesus is looking right back at you and he's going, what is it to you that I do with them? You follow Jesus. So here's the deal. If you are a Christ follower and if he doesn't fulfill you, you will always run a race that will never complete you. I'm going to say that one more time, y'all. If you are a Christ follower and if he does not fulfill you, you will always run a race that will never complete you. So how do you know if you're not running your race? I would say when the love of God, remember the three things, the love of God, the healing of God, and the leadership of God isn't enough. If one of those three things or a combination, maybe it's two of the three, if they do not fulfill you, you will forever run a race that will leave you dry. If the love of Christ, the healing of Christ, and the leadership of Christ doesn't complete you, you are not running your race. That's what this has to do with the beginning opening message that I, of my story before this message. So here's a great filter question. What races are you currently running in your life that's not yours? Think about that. Is it your marriage? Are you comparing what's been going on in yours or what's not going on in yours to someone else's? For some of you, it might be your singleness. Some of you aren't content as to where God has you because your friends all around you are getting married or they are married. And by the way, I want to say, if you are single, your singleness is a gift. You're in a position to be more focused on being led by God and to receive the love of Christ and to be healed by him. What I would actually say to the single individual, what are you doing right now to get healed in some things prior to you entering a relationship? Are you getting healed in some things that have taken place in your life? Whatever you have going on in your life right now, I promise you it will only spoil over in that relationship. But what are you doing right now to maximize your singleness, to be to, to fully receive the love of Christ, to be led by Christ, and to be completely whole in Christ? Because that's going to move forward with you. 
For some of you, are you running a race that's within your finances? And once again, you're comparing your finances to someone else. Is it your resources? What race are you currently running in your life that's not yours? So what do we do with this? Because many of us already know are thinking uh, this is a lot of information and I have no idea how to go about it. So let me help you. Listen to Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 says this, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Are you guys catching this? In other words, we are all running the race right now. And Peter's telling us right here, we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses. People, in other words, people are watching you guys right now, y'all. People are watching you, not just how you live your life, but how you respond to the things of your life, both in a good way and a bad way, the healthy ways that you react and the unhealthy ways that you react. So let us strip off every weight that slows us down. In other words, anytime you look at the Johns or the Johnettes that are in your life, They are slowing you down because you're getting so caught up as to what they have based off of what you don't have. And have you ever thought about the possibility of the fact, my pastor, uh, my pastor, Mike Burnett says it like this. Everything you have is because God has entrusted you to have it. And everything you don't have is because God has entrusted you to have it. Is it possible that you don't have more because God sees that you're not ready for it? And you are getting tripped off the very weight that's slowing you down because you're so busy looking at someone else's lane right now. And the verse goes on to continue to say, look, this is still in verse one of Hebrews chapter 12, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Do you guys not know that every single time we're looking around at what someone has or what they don't have in comparison? Do you guys not realize that we're falling into the trap of sin because it's idolatry? You are now coveting something that's not even yours. It's not yours to begin with. And God is saying, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, you are surrounded by people who are who are watching the way you live your life. Strip it off. Take off every single weight of idolatry, of of anything that is that is causing you to covet and stumble. Right. That's what happened to me in my race. I got so caught up with the guy that's coming up on my right that I lost focus on what was right in front of me. And I got tripped up. And many of us have things that are tripping us up right now because we're so busy and concerned about everybody else around us. So then verse one goes on to continue to say, it says, let us run with endurance. Are you catching that? In other words, you have to pace yourself. Some of the challenge that you guys are going through is you're trying to get there as quick as possible. And he's challenging us and he's saying, no. You got to run with endurance. You can't run too slow either. Don't be behind the power curve, but you can't be so quick and ahead that you run out of gas, right? You have to pace yourself. Let us run with endurance. Listen, the race that God has set before us. Is it possible that many of you are running a race right now that's not yours because it's the race that God has not set before you? Like, I can't help but think how much of the struggle that we all have right now is because of another narrative that someone else put onto us. Some of you are running a race because your spouse told you to do it. Or some of you are running a race because mom and dad told you to do it. Maybe it was grandma and grandpa. Maybe it was an uncle and aunt, another family member. Maybe it was a good friend. 
well-intended good friend, but you're running a race that was not even yours to begin with because it wasn't from God. Maybe you're running a race that your coworker placed on you, or maybe it's your boss. Can I just ask you to get back and to get focused on the things that God has placed in your heart? Because that's the race we're supposed to be running in the first place. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. If you're running a race that's outside of God, I would tell you, I would say that you are not running your race. You're running someone else's. And you're wondering why you find yourself unhappy. And and I want to even just say unhappy, but joyless and running with with without hope. So what do we do with this? How are we supposed to keep moving forward? Well, verse two says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he is the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Another version says he is the author, the finisher, and the founder of our faith. So I will tell you, get your eyes back on Christ. Had I just stayed focused, going back to my track meet, had I just stayed focused on the finish line, I wouldn't have gotten tripped up. Is it possible that the guy could have still caught me? Yeah, there's a chance in that. But I can tell you right now, I wouldn't have face-planted the way I did and embarrassed myself in, hundreds, in front of the hundreds of people. But we'll never know that because I got so caught up in the race that wasn't even mine to begin with. You know, as I think more and more about this, John, John's first sermon, he did not preach to thousands of people. But Peter did. John never got to walk on the water. In fact, no one ever got to walk on the water outside of Jesus. Oh, but Peter did. (laughs) There are so many things, guys, that you are getting caught up in that other people are doing that you haven't done or won't ever do. But guess what? There are a lot of things that you are doing that not everyone else will be able to do. You know why? Because it's your race. You will never, ever accomplish anything everything that God has called me to accomplish. And that comes across and feels a little arrogant because some of you guys are like, well, that's a little cocky. No, it's not. You're not going to accomplish everything that God has called me to accomplish. You know why? You're not me. Just as much as I will never accomplish everything that God has called you to accomplish. And here's the bigger reason. It's because I am not graced to run your race. I don't have the skills to run your race. I don't have the gifts to run your race. I don't have the talents to have your race, to, to run your race. I don't have the resources to run your race. And even if I did, let's just assume for argumentative sake that I had all those things. I'm not you. God didn't call me to do what you're doing. He called you to do what you're doing. In the same sense, he's calling me to do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not graced to run your race. And you're not graced to run mine. I've already said it before. I have wondered in the past, what would have happened had I just stayed focused in my race? All I had to do was run my race. So what about you? Will you run yours? That's your question. You need to take this back and share this with somebody. What races in my life have I been running that aren't even mine? So now the question becomes, well, what do I do with all this? Because this is a lot, right? I know that you guys don't want to live a life in which you're comparing yourself. Your life is too valuable and short to keep living it in an unhealthy narrative. It's not even yours. If you're running a race that's not from the Lord, get out of it. Just choose, resolve, decide right now, today. You can do it. It's not too late. But for some 
practicality as a next step, number one is this. Repent. Repent. Just number one. The first thing you got to do is go to Jesus. Let him know, God, I'm so sorry that I've gotten so fixed and focused on things that you haven't even desired for me. Let him know. Like God is such a gracious, patient, forgiving God. Like, do you not know that God has so much more in store for you, not just as to where he's taking you, but even right now? What would it look like to just be content as to where God has, has you, that you would just bloom and blossom as to where you are planted? But number one, just repent. Repent of the idolatry. Re- repent of coveting something and someone that's not yours. So number one, repent. Number two, out of the three things we talked about, remember the, the love of God, the healing of God, and the leadership of God. Out of the three things, ask yourself, which one do you need the most? Which one do you need the most? Because some of you have accepted the love of Christ, but many of you still need to be healed in some areas. Others, you may have accepted the healing of Christ, but you haven't given full control of your, of your whole life to Jesus. Like you're, you're, not, you're not all in in the sense that you're not letting him lead you completely. Or maybe you're letting him lead your work life, but you're not letting him lead your family life. You're okay with him having your finances, but you're doing okay, but you're not doing okay with your relationships. What's the one thing? Do you need more of the leadership of Christ? Do you need more of the healing of Christ? Do you need more of the love of Christ? And whatever that one thing is, listen to me, go all in on that one thing. Bring this to the Lord. If you don't know where to start with these three, just start in prayer. Once you've repented, trust me, our God is big enough to pour into you and to start revealing things to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, come to me who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. And he goes on to say, I am gentle and humble to correct. Like we serve a God who's so gracious in disciplining us. And Proverbs says that he disciplines those that he loves. Trust me, when you go to God with a humble heart of repentance, meaning that you're not going to do it again, not just God forgive me and keep doing what you want to do and live your life the way you want to live. No, no, no. That's not repentance. Repentance is I was going this way and I'm going the complete opposite direction. But when you go to God with a humble heart and say, Lord, help me with these three, I promise you, he will give you guidance and he will empower you with his strength and grace to move forward in it. So if you don't know which one of the three is, Bring it to the Lord, I promise you, he will help you with it. For many of you, you guys already know which one it is. So just decide. And don't wait for the feeling. Choose first, the feelings come later. Don't wait for the feeling. You could potentially wait for the rest of your life. Your life is too short to run a race that is not yours. All right? So number one, repent. Number two, out of the love of Christ, the healing of Christ, and the leading of Christ, which one do I need the most? Go all in with that one. And number three, run your race. Run your race, guys. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. You, Peter, look at Jesus, the author, the finisher, the founder, the initiator, the perfecter of your faith and follow him. Amen. I hope you guys found this helpful. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, not just on this episode, but any other helpful, other helpful episodes, but do me a favor. If you guys like this, please share it, share it on your page, tag me on Instagram. I can be found at Mark K 
Benton II. That's Mark K. Benton II because I'm the second. And share it with your friends or family. Text it to them. DM them. Let them know how helpful this was for you. And I hope this will be helpful for them. Second, I would ever be so grateful if you guys left me a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can search me on Apple Podcasts by name, Mark K. Benton. Uh, and then tap on my podcast and scroll down to the very bottom. And in small print, it will say, write a review. But this helps to get the podcast recognized. And it would be a wonderful gift to me from you, in which I would be so grateful for. But I really appreciate it. That's it for today. I hope this added value to you guys. Have a wonderful day. Be blessed. Love y'all. Peace out. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you want more information, be sure to check out any notes and next steps in the description of this episode. And don't forget to hit that follow button or subscribe so you don't miss a single thing. We're looking forward to having you join us on the next one.